How many of you, knowing that there is a new journey, new mission, new start, when those things come about in your life, when you know that they are on the horizon, when they're just a few steps away, how many of you are so excited that it's hard to get through the day or the week knowing that this is coming? Maybe it's a trip. It's vacation. It's, um, I hate to bring this up, students, but you know, you got two weeks left and a couple of exams and then it's summer is over. How easy is it for you? Asked it of myself as well. How easy is it not to get through what is necessary, but to look ahead at the new start. Jesus found himself there in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, we're going to read through verse, verses 12 down through the end of the chapter. We're going to see what he is all about and the mission that he begins. If you have a copy of God's Word, look with me in Matthew chapter 4 this morning, starting in verse number 12. Matthew records this account with these words. Now when he heard that John had been arrested, it's John the Baptist, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the ter territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, or Naphtali. So that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. And Matthew records what Isaiah spoke in verse 15. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. The way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 18. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them immediately. They left the boat and their father and followed him. 
And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people, so that his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we look at this passage this morning, Father, for some of us, uh, we have understood the mission for some time. We have stated that we are a part of the mission that Jesus gave, that Jesus proclaimed. We we state that we are yours. Father, also, some of us in the room are not yours. They're not on this mission. And God, if, if we're honest, even some of us who state that we're On the mission, we have forgotten what the mission is about. Jesus, thank you for focusing. Thank you for stating the mission clearly and then being an an example for me, an example for us to be about that mission. God, I pray that as as this sermon is being preached, Lord, You are working in the hearts of these that are here today. Drawing us to You. Calling us to Your mission. God, that we, Lord, we would leave changed. Because you have worked in our hearts. And we are obeying what you've called us to be about. God, would you speak this morning? May we see these truths from this passage. And may they go deep into my heart and into my life and into the lives of those who are part of River Bend, part of your body, your bride. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Three truths this morning from this passage, all about a mission. A mission that He's called you to. It's not just the twelve that He saw in various parts of Israel in the first century. It, It is a mission that He begins, and we will see He even ends in His lifetime doing the same thing. And it is a mission that He is calling you and calling me to today. The first truth is this. The mission for a disciple of Christ changes when He calls. When Jesus calls... The mission changes. 
And the mission is this. If we, if we understand what he's saying in Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 down through verse 25, the end of the chapter, if we understand what's going on here, Jesus begins his ministry. He begins this mission, and in beginning the mission, beginning the ministry, he finds himself on the Sea of Galilee, and he starts calling out men to be a part of the mission. What you need to understand, Matthew's account here, this is not the first time that Andrew and Simon, or we call him Peter, it's not the first time that James and John have ever met Jesus. There's a gap in Matthew's account of some weeks, some months, for us to understand when they are seeing him and what he is calling them to, okay? If you go look in John chapter 1 and you read John's first chapter, you will see that the first time Simon Peter sees Jesus, his brother Andrew tells him about Jesus. His brother Andrew tells him about the Messiah and he said, hey, I found the Messiah. And how did Andrew find the Messiah? He was following John the Baptist. And John the Baptist baptizes Jesus And in talking, John the Baptist is saying something like this. I must decrease and he must increase. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Andrew hears it. And he starts a conversation with Jesus. And Jesus is like, what are you looking for? Who are you searching for? And they begin a friendship and a relationship. He goes and gets his brother. Then there's Philip. He goes and tells Nathaniel about him. And Nathaniel is like, in his description, in Philip's description to Nathaniel, he's like, can anything, he's from Galilee. Can anything good come from Galilee? He said, well, come find out. And Jesus just wows Nathaniel. John chapter 1, Jesus wows him and says, hey, Nathaniel. He's like, how in the world do you know my name? He said, before Philip saw you, I saw you underneath the tree, underneath the fig tree. He's like, You are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus said, you believe because I told you you were sitting under a tree when Philip came and talked to you? I'm telling you this. You will see heaven and earth move. And then there's a lag. Andrew and Simon Peter go back to fishing. James and John, they go back to their dad. And now the mission is about to begin. And the mission for a disciple of Christ changes when he calls. Do you see the changes there that take place for Andrew and Simon Peter? Do you see the changes that take place for James and John? There are a number of changes. Look at a couple about this call at first, and then look at the changes in their lives. The first, he called them where they were. They were fishing, and he called them. He came to them, and he called them by their name. It's not this general call. This was an intimate, this was a personal call that he has made to them, and he makes to you as well. He called them to a new mission. It was clear that what he was calling them to, his mission was 
calling them to himself and calling them to the masses. And in that mission call, there were some changes. His mission changed things for these men and for all of Israel, for that matter. He changed their job. No longer were they fishermen, but they were going to be fishers of men. He changed their tackle. No longer did they need nets. They needed to be prepared for the hearts and souls of mankind. And that was a part of the mission. For three and a half years, they walked with him. For three and a half years, he spoke into their lives. He taught them. He saw growth. He changed their location. They would now be somewhat nomadic, moving around from place to place, no longer living at home, maybe with their mom and dad, maybe with their wives. He changed their leader. It was no longer dad. Now it is Jesus. He changed their activity. They no longer would be mending nets at the end of the day. They would now be following Him. So you think about that. This mission. For those of you in the room that have bowed the knee and confessed with your mouth that He is your Savior, He is your Lord, has He changed things in you? Think about it for a second. Is your life changed? Day to day, changed. When they met Jesus, when they said yes, immediately they left this and got that. Immediately they left this job, they left this livelihood, they left this place, and they got Him. It changed them. When you said yes to Jesus, did you change? As an action point for this truth, I wrote down a couple of things. One, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, this is the call of the mission that changed them. Ultimately, Jesus' call and his mission states this in Matthew 20, uh, 16, 24. He told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, deny himself, let him take up his cross and follow me. Be mindful of the call that he has placed on your life. Adults, is he calling you for a change? Is he calling you to change jobs? Is he calling you to change mindsets? Is he calling you to, to change where you spend your time, your finances, your evenings, your gifts? I say it for everybody in the room, yes. He is. Students, is he calling you to a ministry? Is he calling you to not take the path that others are as they graduate, but to follow him? Listen to him calling you, listen to his word. Changes, sir, ma'am, 
Brian, changes must take place for us to obey His call. For us to obey His mission, change must happen. And it starts with you. It starts with me being willing to lay down everything. When He calls, and that mission is laid in front of us, changes must occur. But second, you and I need to understand this. We just need to be honest this morning that in this second truth, It's this, that following Jesus and His mission comes at a cost. Just being honest with you. If you're going to follow Jesus, it's going to cost you something. A lot of of Christians, a, a lot of preachers, a lot of churches don't ever say anything about that. They're just, hey... Just say yes to Jesus and everything will be fine. Everything may not be fine. It may cost you everything. I love what Paul stated to the folks at Corinth along these lines. If if you look at 2 Corinthians In 2 Corinthians um, chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, here's what Paul states to those at Corinth. He says, So do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. And listen to this. Love verse 17. I don't understand his description of it, but I love verse 17. For this light, momentary affliction. Pause. This light, momentary affliction is this. Being beaten with 39 lashes because if you got beaten with the 40th, you would die. By a professional whipper. This light, momentary affliction is being placed in a cell. Locked hoping that you would never come out of there. That's what the jailers were hoping. Because the conditions that he was locked in were such that many never came out of alive. This light, momentary affliction being taken stones and thrown at, this light, momentary affliction being thrown out of city after city, this light, momentary affliction, seeing men and women just yell at you because you say something different than they do. Hate you. This light, momentary affliction. Any show of hands, folks that have gone through that light, momentary affliction this past week? This light, momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen, they are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. For you and for me, Following Jesus 
And his mission comes at a cost. I remember having it said of me and then me passing this same statement along to Levi and Lindsay Lance, to Jay and Amanda Lemons, to Stephen and Holly Wright before they left here, River Bend, to go serve him abroad. The statement went something like this. If you say yes and go spend your life on the other side of the world, it will cost you. It will cost you closeness to your family. It will cost you not being there when somebody passes away, not being there when somebody is born, possibly not being there when somebody is married, when somebody graduates. It will cost you. But it's worth it. The mission that He is calling you to, River Bend, the mission that He is calling you to is worth that cost and so much more. Discipleship cost. It did then and it does today. Maybe the cost is different because the time is different. But it cost today. For you and for me to be a disciple of Christ, to be on mission with and for Him, cost. Luke recorded it this way about Paul's call to the mission. Acts chapter 9 verses 13 and following state this, But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, speaking of Saul, whose name was changed to Paul, and how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has the authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go. He is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name. Jesus is saying for him to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me to you that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Sir, today, even though there's a cost, the end's worth it. Ma'am, even though there is a cost, it may cost you Leisure. It may cost you finances. It may cost you a job. It may cost you huge in this life. The eternal weight of glory is worth it. You and I must know that there is some cost. You and I must get on board the mission. We must remember when the struggles come that we are on the mission of Christ. No matter the cost, in the end, all as well as along the way, people's lives are going to be changed. Marriages will be back, brought back together. 
Sicknesses will be healed. Glory is worth it. But there is a cost to discipleship. The third truth where I want to land the plane this morning is this. With the disciples in place, the mission begins. Look back with me. And let me read verse 18 down through the end of the chapter one more time. And think about the mission. And let's see it begin. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately. Immediately. They left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease, every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. And check out verse 25. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. For you and for me today, the mission begins. You and I can't change last week, we can't change last month, we can't change ten years ago, but from this point forward, at this moment in time, we can say yes to the mission. What was the mission? The mission is very clearly proclaim the good news of the kingdom and make disciples. If you look at the end of his life, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, here's what Jesus states before he goes back to the Father and out of the disciples, the apostles' sight. And Jesus came and said to them in verse 18, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. From the beginning of His mission and His ministry to the end, it did not change. And it hasn't changed for some 2,000 years. And it's not going to change until He comes back and rules and reigns forever and ever and ever. The mission is the same. Proclaim the good news of the kingdom and make disciples. 
To understand that, we need to understand what a disciple is. A general definition of disciple is this, that they are a learner. But more than that, a disciple is one who looks like his teacher. The reason that they spent three plus years with Jesus is because they desired to look like and practice like and live like this teacher, this rabbi. Jesus. A disciple looks like his or her teacher. I think the question for us as we come to a close this morning is this. What does a disciple look like at River Bend? What does a disciple of Jesus Christ look like at River Bend? I believe that we could answer it this way. A disciple of Jesus at River Bend is one who is falling in love with Jesus, one who is serving others, and one who is living sent daily. A disciple of Jesus is all in to His mission. A disciple of Jesus is growing closer in their relationship with Him. Let me pause. The last six months, we are in the sixth month of 2018. The last six months. Have you loved this any more than you did the last six months of 2017? Have you found yourself spending more time in this than you did in 2017? Has this penetrated the surface of your life so that your attitude is different because of what this says? The the actions that you are doing are different because of what this says. Is your mouth being open to those around you because this says you and I should be talking to others about what this says? A disciple of Christ who understands the mission and is on the mission, that the Lord has put in front of us, is one who is falling in love with this, with His Word. One who is serving others and one who is living sent daily at the job site, at the house, wherever you and I go for the mission that we have been called to. A disciple of Jesus at River Bend is one who is digging in the Scriptures. One who is moving closer to the lost as well as the Savior. One who is speaking of Him. Speaking to Him. One who is doing life in the community of the faith. One more question and I promise I close. Maybe two more questions.
how are you doing with those? As, as your pastor, as one, not to put pressure on you, don't want to put pressure on you, but as one who is going to stand before God Almighty because I am your pastor. How are you doing with those? Honestly, how are you doing? Are you growing closer? Are you using the gifts that God has given you? Are you speaking of Him? Pastorally speaking, second question. Have you ever been discipled before? If not, would you like to be? Because that's what we are to be about. Making disciples. That's the mission. If you have never been discipled, it's hard to know what it is to be one because you have never been discipled. So ladies and gentlemen, students, may I invite you. If you want to be discipled, text me this week. Ladies, there will be a group, one or two, for you to be discipled. In a relationship of one, two, three, to be discipled, men, we will make available for you as well a group of one, two, or three to come together to understand what it means to be a disciple. Why? Because that's the mission. To make disciples. So that when I stand up here in 2019, Lord willing, and say, hey, think about the last six months. Has this changed you? Maybe some of the looks on your faces can change. Yes, it has changed me. Yes, it has changed. Yes, I've grown. I'm so thankful to be on the mission with him. It's not your mission. It's not my mission. It's his mission. And he has stated that we are on this together. Commissioned us to go make disciples. Heavenly Father, as we uh, come to a time of response, Lord, by the looks on the faces of the sheep here at River Bend, God, there's some questions, some thoughts of, of what's happened in the past and, and what does it mean to be a disciple? Do I want that? Do you, do you want me to be in that? God, you work. We're yours. You work. We, we are at all different stages. We're at all different physical stages of life. Father, we are at all different spiritual stages of life. God, there are, are groups right now that are meeting, that are holding each other accountable. God, they're digging in Your Word and 
There is growth, and it is awesome to see. Lord, there are a number of us on the side, even this morning, looking at, thinking about what it means to be a disciple. And Father, what it means to make a disciple. Thank you for your word. God, this is meat. And it is your mission that you are calling us to. God, would you allow us in these moments to chew on it? God, that we would respond. Maybe your response today, sir, needs to be, Lord, I'm willing to to be in a disciple group. If that's where you want me to be, I'm willing to do that and I will take that step. Before I leave or before the end of this week, I will get in touch with the pastor and we will begin that journey. Ma'am, maybe that's the same response for you. Or maybe for both men and women, you have been discipled and you would be willing to lead some of those groups. Obey this morning. Whatever He's calling for you to do, obey. As we stand and as we sing, as we sing praises to Him, respond. For that's what He's calling you to do. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen.